The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. I'm going to be reading Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Good morning, Axe Church. So we are starting a new sermon series called Homeward. Uh, and the idea behind this is all of us have homes. All of us have places of refuge. And it doesn't matter whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have four kids and a donkey. There are all types of different homes, but all of us need a place to go home to. And so we're going to be in a series talking about how we create homes that renew, how we create homes that cultivate rest and cultivate celebration, cultivate maturity, and cultivate service. This first one, we're going to be talking about how we create homes that cultivate renewal, places where when we come to, it's not only a refuge, but we actually get restored. We actually get drawn closer to who our God is and what our God is doing. And in 2020, I think all of us can say we need a home that renews. We need a home that restores because as we all know, 2020 has brought with it everything, right? It has thrown the kitchen sink at us, whether it's the economy, whether it's jobs, whether it's schooling, whether it's politics, whether it's the virus, 2020 has had a lot. And a new, well, not a new thing, but one of the companions of 2020 has been this thing called cancel culture, and it's almost impossible to keep up with, right? Wait, whose show can I watch? What author can't I read? What product shouldn't I be buying because so-and-so was hurt by those, by the, right, this idea of cancel culture. What's interesting, though, is God at one point kind of got involved in this, just in a very different way and for very different reasons. See, our scripture reading today comes from Isaiah 40, and it talks about hope. But before we get to Isaiah 40, what we find is that the beginning of Isaiah, God actually cancels worship. This is, it's strange. It sounds like, no, 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 God would never cancel worship, Pastor Josh. But no, no, he really did. Isaiah chapter 1 starts off, and Isaiah writes to the people of Israel, the people of Judah, and he says, hey, guys, God has a message for you. And the message starts off with this. Hi, I'm Katie Evans, and I'm the director at Acts of Love. And now a, a, a piece from our sponsors, I guess. No, that was fine. Uh, I mean, I do like Katie. All right, here we go. Uh, this is Isaiah chapter 1. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Now, this is God speaking to his people. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. All right, these are all of the Easter and Christmas celebrations of the Old Testament. Your new, your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all of my being. This is God talking about his people's worship. They have become a burden to me. I am weary, weary of bearing them. 
When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. God tells his people that he has canceled worship. He's canceled prayer. He's canceled all the festivities. Why? Well, as we find the first part, the first half of Isaiah, God tells his people, guys, you've forgotten me as your God, and you have mistreated each other, especially the most vulnerable, the widows, the orphans, the foreigners among you. God writes to his people and he says, guys, you no longer love God with everything you have and you're no longer loving your neighbor as yourself. You're living in sin. You're playing pretend. You show up to church on Sundays. You have all the new moon Sabbath celebrations, but your heart isn't in it. And so for the first half of Isaiah, he says there are going to be consequences to your sin because there are always consequences to sin. When we leave God, when we hurt others, there is a fallout that comes with that. It rips apart relationships. And when relationships are ripped apart, there are consequences. And so Isaiah 1 through 39, chapters 1 through 39, are God just laying out, guys, um, there's going to be hurt. But thankfully, Isaiah does not end in chapter 39. No, in chapter 40, God pivots. And in there, he says this. He says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her uh, hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double all of her sins. And in fact, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Chapter 40 pivots to Jesus. That is where John the Baptist shows up, and it says the Messiah, the hero, the one who will restore, the one who will bring peace is coming. It's a promise that no longer are we going to be paying the consequences of our sin, but God is going to do something new. God is going to do something beautiful, and it all rests on the burden, all rests on the shoulders, all rests on the strength of his Messiah, who we all know is Jesus. And then the end of that promise comes at the end of chapter 40. It's what Cindy read, but we're going to read it again. And it says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth he does not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. You see, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You know, 2020 has left me weary. It has left me weak. But God says, I'm going to promise you strength. See, even youths grow tired and weary. Even young men will stumble and fall. But for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I can't be the only one in 2020 who needs to be renewed. Who needs that promise that sometimes we will soar on the wings of eagles, that we will run and not grow weary, and when we can't run, we'll at least continue to walk forward, and we will not faint.
faint. You see, and the, the, the crux of that verse comes from the word for those who hope in the Lord. You know, sometimes we turn hope into a noun, right? Something that I hope in, right? It's something that I'm hoping for, right? But hope in the Hebrew is from the word kavar, and it means to wait in expectancy. It's a verb. It's a way that we're supposed to relate to God. It's a, re- it's a posture that we are supposed to have. And in waiting in expectancy, a word that we don't use very often, but it's so powerful, right? Because expectations is a very specific thing we're looking for, right? Maybe it's a raise or a new job. Maybe it's being able to date someone. Maybe it's a new car. And we all have expectations. And 2020 has been the master of destroying our expectations. But expectancy is different. You see, expectancy isn't, I need this specific thing to feel better, to finally be okay. No, waiting in expectancy is a posture that, you know what? I believe that there is a God out there who is looking out for my behalf and the behalf of my family and my community, and I want to wait in hope, in expectancy, that he's going to do something good. I might not know what that good thing is. It's not necessarily going to be on my timetable. And yet, God promises, God assures us, that he is good to his word. And so when we wait in expectancy, that's where that renewal comes from. This comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. You see, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Again, starting off, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, verb, and the assurance of what we do not see. So, so the real question is, where are we putting our hope? What are we hoping for? Is it, is it in the vaccine? Once, once we have the vaccine, then we'll finally be okay. Is it when this politician gets reelected or this politician gets elected? Is that where our hope's at? Is it once my kids can finally go back to school, everything will be okay? Guys, I'm not saying that those are not good things. I'm not saying that God does not want us to want good things. But when we put our hope in those expectations of what is going to happen, and then those expectations aren't met, it destroys us. And so God gives us another path forward. He says, you don't have to be bought into, bound to expectations that are out of your control. Because you see, he's God, we're not, and there's, there's freedom there. This is how the Psalms puts it. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall but we will rise up and stand firm. See, when we live in expectations, when that's where we are finding our strength from, our hope from, the things we expect will make us happy, it never ends. We get exhausted. 
Because we spend all of our time waiting and worrying for this very specific outcome to happen. And even if we get it, even if we get that thing we want, that job, that raise, that whatever, it doesn't last. Because eventually a new expectation will take its place. And the waiting and the exhaustion and placing our heart just starts all over again. And it's like we're playing roulette over and over again. Sometimes the dice rolls our number and sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, we end up exhausted. We end up burdened because that is never our burden to carry. We're not in control. God is. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And so the idea that it's our expectations that are going to renew us was always a false promise. But what we read in the Psalms, what we read in Isaiah 40, is that God has another way. That instead of saying, I need this specific expectation to be okay, instead, I'm going to wait in expectancy. You see, that leads us to renewal. That allows us in the morning to wake up and say, God, whatever you have for me today, I'm going to trust is a gift from you, my Father. Whether the sun is shining, whether the rain is pouring, whether it's the best of 2019 or the challenges of 2020, when we wait in expectancy of our God, you see, that leads to renewal. That leads to this refreshing ability to connect to God and to connect to everyone else. It changes our posture. And what we begin to understand is it's not the outside world that drags us down. Don't get me wrong, there are things that happen, hardships, sicknesses, things like cancer or COVID or insert whatever else is going wrong with your body or your family, and they are challenges and they are hard. But what we realize is that it's not the externals that ultimately will bring us peace or renewal, but it's our internal posture. It's realizing that God is God and, and we are not. You know, back in June, um, I started seeing a counselor. And I, I really appreciate my wife, Erica. Um, 2020 was weighing on me a lot. And there wasn't one specific thing, but it was just like brick after brick after brick after brick was being put on my back. I didn't know what we were supposed to do with church. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my family. There were so many expectations that had been shattered. And my wife came and she said, Josh, I love you. I, I think you need to see a counselor to help process this. And so I did. And uh, thankfully, this was a Christian counselor. And so we kind of had a similar worldview. And he started having me read specific Bible verses, and it was great because he would say, don't rush forward. Do these one at a time until you can really understand the truth of these. And the first Bible verse he had me pray through comes from the Psalms where it says, be still and know that I am God. And so I read that Psalm over and over and over again in my prayer life. Be still and know that I am God. And as I would pray over all the things that I was worrying about, all these expectations I had put on myself, I had put on 2020, I would just repeat that over and over again. Be still and know that I am God. And this comfort came because all of a sudden my expectations started to fall and my expectancy that, you know what? God's better at his job than I am at God's job. And there is peace there. There is hope there. There is renewal there. And then the second verse that he had me read comes from Micah 6, 8. And it starts off kind of harsh, but it says, You, O mortal, Right? O mortal, not God. Not you, O God. Not you, O immortal. Not you, O perfect human being. No, you mortal, you know what is good and you know what the Lord requires of you. 
And all, okay, now I'm getting into God is God, I am not, so what is my role? And it says to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And all of a sudden, now in 2020, instead of trying to put all the expectations of what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to fix everything, I come before God, I say, you know what, I'm not you, you're you. I have expectancy in that, and then I have a job to do. But it's not the job of running the universe. It's not the job of making sure all of my expectations are put in the right place. Instead, it's to to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with my God, to let him be God, and for me, moment by moment, to do the next right thing. That's all he expects. And then in that, I get to wait in expectancy that when good things happen, I can be excited about and put them in the right place. And when the hurt happens, I can still trust that there is a God who is fighting for me, and he is fighting for you, and he is fighting for our church. Hear these words again from Isaiah. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men will stumble and fall. But for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The series Homeward is about cultivating homes that honor God cultivating homes that bring out the best in us and bring out the best in everyone else in our family, our friends, our community. And as we talk through what it looks like to cultivate a home that renews and that restores, it starts with laying down our expectations, holding ourselves accountable to not put our hope that we're going to get our way, whatever that way is. In other words, our way at work, our way with our spouse, our way with what's going to happen externally in our country. But instead, to say, you know what, no, no, no. When we catch ourselves putting expectations on what's going to happen, we take a posture of repentance. We turn from that. We say, you know what, God, that's sin. That's me playing God. That's me taking your job, and I don't want your job. I'm not very good at it. And instead, having a posture where every morning we can wake up and say, be still and know that the Lord is God. And that we're mortal. And we have a job to do. It's a moment-by-moment job to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our Lord. And so this week, as we look through and we try to practice modeling a home, cultivating a home that restores and renews, when you catch yourself having expectations, and all of us will, whether it's how long it's going to take to drive into work, whether it's a wonky text message you send or doesn't get sent back to you, whatever that expectation is, lay it down Repent if you have to, turn from it, and turn back to God. And start to reflect on who your God is. Maybe it's just those two verses. Be still and know that you are God, and you, O mortal, know what is good. Every week, though, we're going to have an opportunity as a church to walk together. And this week, there is a, a study guide that Terry mentioned in her kids' video called Indescribable. 
It's a free app called the Version. If you don't have it on your phone, it's an awesome resource where you can get a bunch of different uh, translations on your phone of the Bible, and they have reading plans. And this is a kid's devotional called Indescribable. Um, oh, sorry, wrong one. Uh, and uh, it, it might sound funny as an adult to do kids' devotions, but that is what me and my wife actually do together a lot of times in the morning. Because sometimes we need simple reminders of this indescribable God that we have, who he is, because the more we understand who our God is, the better we can understand ourselves in comparison, and we get to wait in that expectancy. And then the other thing that we're going to be building towards is this Share Life 2020 campaign. This is going to be opportunity for us as a church for 40 days to have a different posture, right? As we build up all these expectations around early November, we as a church, we're not going to get political. We're not going to say what you should or shouldn't say, but we actually want to have a different posture, a different way to connect with our community, where we wait in expectancy that our God is going to do some really cool things, and we as mortals are going to seek justice together. We are going to love mercy together, and we are going to walk humbly with our God together. So again, keep on the lookout for Share Life 2020. We are just starting to order shirts. I assure you they are fan-freaking-tastic. And it's going to be an opportunity for all of us to walk humbly with our God together. Uh, Would you guys pray with me? And then we're going to go into a time of confession and absolution. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are a good God. You are a God who is actually God, who already has all of 2020 mapped out. Lord God, and so we trust you. We wait expectantly on your ability to do good things. Lord, we pray that you would help us repent, turn from the times where we're holding and clinging to our own expectations that will finally make us happy. Lord God, we repent. We turn from the times where we've forgotten that you're God and we're not, or we've forgotten our neighbor as, to love them as ourselves. Lord God, so often we live like we are in Isaiah 1 through 39, where we're forgetting and there are consequences to that. Lord, and we see the sin ripple out in our lives and in our relationships. And let Lord, Lord God, we give you thanks because You don't end in chapter 39, but you lead into chapter 40, which calls out to your son, comfort, comfort my people. Your long hardship is over. Make way the path. Level the roads to the Messiah, to Jesus, who will renew and restore us and allows us again to put our hope and our expectancy in you and what you are going to do. Lord God, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.